Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, Garen and Jordan coming to you talking about Garen's sermon on June 18th. And we have forged our way through the names of God. Forged our, we left, and we left them behind. We're already off the new things. We've left the jungle, the, the, the trees. We were whacking our way through and we're out and we can see clearly. And now we are, uh, we're moving on to something later in the summer, but for this, this week, you kind of took us back and yep. reiterated something that you yes. thought was really important. And I'm glad you did because it was really good, but you talked to us about Kairos moments. Yep. And dove deeper and looked at an example from the Bible. Was it in May that you talked about yep, Kairos? Yep. It was in the middle of May. Uh-huh. So you talked about Kairos moments and looked at the life of Moses, went to Exodus 3 and just talked about what that means, what Kairos moments mean and, and how do they make themselves known in our lives and what do we do with them? And and so, yeah, just took a, a deep dive into that. And and you you had us look at Moses and just there were a few moments in his life where God stepped down and interacted with him and he really had a big decision to make. Yep. And so that was what you said to us is like a lot of times there are there are moments that are kairos, not chronos. Yeah, not chronos. Not chronos, meaning chronos is the kind of time that happens on a watch. Yep. It's just time. Seconds, minutes. But kairos is a different kind of time where it's like you have a real opportunity there's like a, a crossroads before yes, you. Yes, cross. That's a good word. Crossroads. Yeah, write that down. Crossroads. I'll write that down. That's and um, and so you have the chance to really go a different way or to keep going mm-hmm. your normal way. And it's something that is initiated by the Holy Spirit. Yep. And that He's using to form us. Yep. And form others. Yep. As you and yeah, many times it's actually even for others. Yeah. So, um, but without going into too much of what you talked about yesterday, because we don't want to reiterate that with everybody. Right. You took us to Exodus 3, you talked about Moses' life, and you said that there was something to do with Aaron that you left out. Yeah, I left it on the table, editing floor. On the editing floor. So director's cut right here. What was it you wanted to talk to us about with Aaron that you didn't have time to yesterday? Yeah, so what was so cool, just going over this for me and the Karas moment is how human Moses is and how much like me, and that when it comes to the participate and God says, go you're doing all this and how he balked at it. And not just once he had an an ongoing discussion. And so what's interesting is the, by the fourth one, he's just like, I'm running out of things to say. So he's pleading again. He's just like, I just can't talk. And so God gets kind of ticked and he's long, it's long suffering, but he kind of like, I'm kind of tired of this conversation. I'm going to put an end to it. All right. Aaron is going to be the spokesperson and something I didn't know until a year ago when I was going through Exodus that Aaron not only was a spokesperson, but Aaron was the one who wielded the staff. The very first miracle when it became a snake 
when he was first showing Pharaoh his authority, it was Aaron who threw that down, not Moses. And then Aaron is the one who touched the Nile with the staff. He brought the gnats, the frogs, and one other, I don't remember, but the first four plagues, Aaron was the one wielding the staff. So Moses not only lost the ability to be the spokesperson, he actually lost the ability. He was giving up. God's like, okay, I'm taking, not just speaking, I'm taking the staff from you and I'm giving it to Aaron. Um, so I'd noticed that, but what really caught my eye is after the fourth plague, Moses does all of them after that. He's the one talking and he's the one wielding the staff. And the scripture doesn't say, but I, I, I imagine two things that one, God was accommodating to him like, okay, if you're going to argue with me, Aaron gets it. I'm also giving the staff. He's going to take it full load right now because you're really nervous and feeling incapable. So I'll let him do it. But I want you to grow into this because really you're the one I want doing it. And I just, in my imagination, so God was accommodating him and going with his struggle, but that God really wanted him doing it. And that Moses, I think he, he probably sees Aaron do that those five times. And he's like, I could do that. I could, I could touch the dirt the next time. And that this really worked. I mean, that staff really, God really uses that. So I just imagine he let Moses build up the courage to Moses finally said, all right, I'm talking from here on out. Give me that staff. That's mine. I, you know, it doesn't say, but it, to me, it's really interesting that how God did that. So what you're saying is with God, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Cause you might, cause you might get it. You might get it. But that he cares so much for me, he'll bring me, I think he'll bring me back to it eventually. Yeah. And he's like, I really wanted you to do it and I'll get you there. But yeah. okay, you're, you want to go that way? I'll let you go that right. way for a little I while. I had this great thing for you, but if you're not ready for it, that's okay. Someone else can take it and then you can have it back when you're, yep. when you're ready. But at the same time, think of the blessing that Moses missed out on to start. Yeah. You know? Yes. So. And I'm curious, you, did you just notice that yesterday? The Aaron, I, or you'd seen that before. I had just read that in Exodus maybe two or three weeks ago. And I just started, I was noticing like, oh, Aaron's the one. That uh -huh. I always yes. thought it was Moses. Right. And I didn't catch that it was like the first four or five like you. I just saw the first couple, but I thought, oh, I really thought that was Moses. Moses' staff that got thrown down and became a snake and ate the other snake. Like, I, oh, it was Aaron though. So it's yeah. cool that you kind of put it together for me like that because I was in my head wondering like, how did I miss that yeah, right. all these years? Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, you, you talked about those moments and Moses got exactly what he what he wanted. He said, God, I'm not ready for this. He said, okay. Kind of put put him on the back burner for a bit and then brought him back to the front when he was ready. Um, but there are these Kairos moments that are so important and that God wants to use to form us. But oftentimes they start with something really emotional, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's, it is an, a strong emotion. Unless it's God burning in a bush before you. If it's just you <laughs> or me having our Kairos moment, it's probably going to start with maybe something emotional. And one thing you've said before, but I wrote it down because it's just so true, is that a lot of times those emotional responses to things, you know, maybe I get left out of something and it really hurts. Or yep. maybe mm -hmm. um, something I love gets discontinued or altered in some way and I really have a negative response. Or it could be something really positive. Yeah, could even. Maybe I get chosen for something and it's just like, whoa, it makes my week. Or this really great thing comes along and I get to do it. And like, whoa, I'm way over the top. These are all moments potentially where God is looking yeah. to enter into our space and to teach us something. And they are marked by high emotion. Yep. And what you said was when we pull up our, when we pull up those emotions, when we dig into them, we say, okay, let me pull, let me pull this up and see what's underneath. A lot of times our, our idols are dangling yep. by the roots below. Yep. Meaning that um, 
Like if I'm upset about something and I can't figure out why and I dig into it, a lot of times something has superseded Jesus in my heart uh-huh. and has taken idol form uh-huh. and it got touched yep. and it was really sensitive. Yep. And so bang, yep. I can then identify maybe a little idol that I've set yep. up for myself. Or that I've got that deep idol control and something happens that's totally out of my control and it really irritates me. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's that con- God just saying, you've still got the control issue. I want to show you that because I want to work on that. You even talked about four emotions to look out for. I can't remember. Fear was one. Yeah, fear, anger, um, sadness, deep sadness, and then guilt and shame together, like okay. guilt and shame response. So those would be the negative ones, uh-huh. but it could be positive. But it also too. could be like, I wait, I feel like, man, I almost over, that guy just said, hey, great job. And it made my month. And I'm like, now, why did I respond so so much to that internally? Yeah. Well, it's that approval thing. Like, oh, I'm still way too attached to what people think about me. You know, it's one thing to feel good about it. So I'd say sure. it's those excessive emotional responses, a really strong one to an event. And you're just like, whoa, what, where did that come from? And I feel like it's easy to sit back and kind of tear apart a negative emotion. If it's like, oh, I feel really angry uh-huh, about that. Let right. me sit with that for a minute and think on it. That's kind of natural. Yes. Maybe not so much with really good yes, emotions. Right. Like we feel really overjoyed or proud about something. It's not in our nature to sit down and say, now, why do I feel that way? Yeah. For me, at least it's more about, it's easier to do that with the negative ones. Yeah, I agree. But both are true. I mean, think of, let's just, I don't know what it's like to have a KU idol, but just let's imagine if we ever okay. had one. Hold on. Uh, uh, okay. Imagine, <laughs> just imagine. I get in that headspace. Okay. You know what it's like when they lose for it to wreck you, right? Yeah. But you also know what it's like they win and you're almost like, I, that was too important to me. I could tell yeah. it's one thing to enjoy it. It's almost like I can really feel like, so both of them are occasions to dig in and ask the question, Yeah, is my heart too drawn and attached to this? Yeah. Yep. You took us through that Kairos graphic and I hope that everybody got a sheet. I think they'll probably be at the info desk again next Sunday if we yeah. stick them out there for people, but hopefully you got a sheet and got to look at that because that was so useful. It's that circle where step one is we got to identify the God moment. Step two, we enter into it. And then step three, we're on a new trajectory. trajectory. And there's a lot of nuance to it and a lot of details that we can't go all through it. But that was so helpful to have that visual of, okay, there's this X in time. There's this little moment. And I have this choice to enter the circle of transformation or to keep walking in my normal life. And just ignore it and either miss it or ignore it. And then I'm just in the same old, same old. And the, the thing he's wanting to do in my life doesn't happen at that point in time. You uh, you talked about a few things that were required for the Kairos moment. Right? Yeah. Um, words that you had used for other messages, uh-huh. but never for this one, really. Right. Um, and that was attunement, attentiveness, and responsiveness. Yes. And so would you just talk briefly about how we can do these three things because we want to be ready for Kairos moments when they come knocking. Yeah. So Anatuma is just my heart's in tune with him. And that is, I'm walking with him. I'm abiding in him. I'm in that abiding relationship to where if he does speak, I'm like on the same wavelength. So it's just making sure my soul's on wavelength. And you know what that's like when I get to where I'm not having my time with God and all that stuff. You can feel in your soul. I'm not on the same wavelength with him. I can feel drift happening and you can, so it's, I want to be on the wavelength. And then I've got to have this attentiveness. And that's just the idea that I have some intentionality that I realize God could do this. And so I'm just paying attention to my life, paying attention to conversations. You know, it's not hyper-focused, but I'm paying attention enough that if something like grabs me, even a little bit, I'll be like, 
hmm, what's, it's just an attentiveness, isn't it? What is that? And it's just, and that's why I said I, this week it kind of thought hit me, is that a little bit what Paul means by unceasing prayer is that I'm just attentive to him? Not that I'm praying, we, nobody prays 24 seven, but that he has my attention. Maybe that's part of what that means. I don't know. And responsiveness, am I willing to do it? And I cultivate that by being obedient in small things because you, you can't lift 100 pounds if you, if you haven't been lifting the 50 first. And so I'm, I'm just pra- cultivating obedience in small things. So if a Kairos moment comes, I've got that muscle developed. So, but those three things are foundational because if, if I'm not in attune to him and not attentive, it's easy to miss him and blow by him. So those two are really about not missing it. And this one's about participating, entering into the participation with it. So, and also just entering in, I think responsiveness, I'm willing to go there. Oh, you're saying something to me. Okay, I'll go there. That's going to be meeting you. It may change my thinking. You may ask me to do something, but I'm willing to go there. So I think responsiveness is probably the hardest, not just because, I mean, it was hardest for Moses. Yeah. Um, I think it's hardest for us, but even more so like maybe recently, just because of our culture and where we're at, that we value the knowledge of things. So, okay, if I... Yep. Garen's talking about this. Okay, I can intellectually mm-hmm. identify this Kairos moment. Okay, I see what God is saying to me. And then almost feel like we're done at that point. Like, okay, God, you showed me that. That's great. But that there's always got to be some response to that. Yes. Um, yep. And then um, it's not enough to just say, okay, thank you for showing me that. But it's now stepping in in obedience. Okay, what do you have? What do you have for me, God, that I need to do this thing and grow in this thing or maybe chop down this idol? Yeah, or, right. Yes. Like, how do I actually pull the trigger on this thing? I think that it's easy for us to value just the knowledge of this thing more than the action of it. And you even said yesterday, which is so good, this is this is not informational, this is transformation. Yep, it's transformation. And so it's not just about walking out with a really cool diagram and saying, oh, I know how to do this now. It's like, yep, okay, that's good, but it's all so that we can be transformed so that we can respond to what he's telling us. Because if we don't do that, it's there's no point in it. Yeah, if right? you, right. And that's why in the diagram, the that bail, balk and bail point, it's right after the orientation, my thinking changed. But if I don't step into it in obedience, nothing happens. And I'm just on the same path that I was. Yeah. Hey, talk to us briefly about some of these Kairos moments and just like what they might look like a little bit. Because I, you gave us a taste yesterday, but I just worry there are people out there who are like, okay, I don't really know what to look for. I know emotion plays a role, but like every time I get upset, is that a Kairos moment? Like yeah, rein, right. it, rein it in for us a little bit on what those maybe do and don't look like. Yeah, so definitely with the emotion, just because I get, I can get angry at a, an injustice and I'm wired to do that. But it's like, how deep does that go? Is it like something I'm like, whoa, that, I responded excessively to my child or to that event. So to me, it's those kind of excessive responses is what I'm looking at. Um, you know, I kind of just, I'm, we've got the, sh- the sheet, the list right in front of us that we had, that I had in the sheet. Like one thing here, I didn't even mention the Holy Spirit bringing somebody's name to mind. And I've been trying to live in that more that if it, during the day, if somebody's name comes to my mind, I'll stop and I'll pray for them. And frequently I'll text and just say, I just want to know you, I prayed for you. And not every time do I get back like, whoa, what was that? But I pretty consistent basis. Somebody would be like, how did you know to do that? Because I, something was going on or I had a big decision. So I'm just trying to live more into that. If something like that comes in my mind, it might be God putting it there. So to me, that's a Kairos moment. Cause if I live into it, I've just given somebody some encouragement that they really needed. And I had a friend in fact, who 
if their name came to me and it was somebody I knew pretty well and it did relatively often. And like the third time in a row I had texted, they just called me back and they said, every time you text me and say you prayed for me, there was always something major going on in my life. Like, what are you doing with God? I want to know what you're doing with God. And I'm not doing anything with God, but I'm just trying to take that more serious that if a name pops in my mind that it could be from God, I'm not sure. Does it hurt to say I'm praying for, text them, I'm praying for you. Um, and I find that sometimes I feel like God put it there. I don't know. That's just one I didn't even mention. Mm. When he, I want to know what, when you think about this, Jordan, what do you think about some ways you've experienced it or ways you think about it? Hmm. Um, I haven't thought about mine personally. Um, mine have been more negative than positive, I think. Maybe I'm just not good at spotting the positive ones. I think I can probably think of a couple where something needed to change within me. And so I could just see God putting the crossroads ahead of me. Mm. Like, like, hey, this is kind of your chance to think differently about me or walk in a new way. Yeah. So when I look at mine, I can spot a few negative ones, but the positive ones kind of yeah. elude me a little bit. I don't know if that's normal or not, but that's kind of how it is for me. Well, that's kind of why I'm trying to share this is I want, Maybe I'm trying to open up a little more that people could have a sense of it. But to me, a lot of times it is a quote grabs me, a sentence. Somebody says something in conversation. Or I think I hit it first service, but not as much second. One of them, I don't remember, but that thing of triangulation, that frequently something will come to me like three different ways in a few days mm, saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Um, one of the services I told the story of that happening and it might have been second, but... That's a big one for me. And also, I didn't say much about the dramatic. I just mentioned the funeral. But sometimes there's an event where God, I think, really powerfully speaks into you and maybe calls you into something new. Like somebody at missions conference, suddenly they just get hit and they really feel like, I think God is asking me to step onto the mission field. Yeah. I don't want to just use that as the only example. God can call me into any vocation. But that's some of the dramatic ones. Um, I can think of one that was emotional for me, but I can also think of another really powerful one that wasn't emotional. It was just time alone thinking and reading God's word and just asking what he had for me. And it wasn't just like, like sometimes you read your Bible and something jumps out and you're like, oh, that's right. really good. Right. But it was that, and like that triangulation thing was kind of true. Like that happened and there was something else happening in my life that was lining up with that. And then later, yes. I remember another event happened mm -hmm. like a few days later. And I just felt like God was putting it back in front of my eyes. Like, okay, this isn't just your run of the mill truth that you're reading in the yes. Bible. This is something extra that where you need to really act on it right now and think about it. And I had no language for Kairos back then, but I can now see that's kind of what he was inviting me into. So um, yeah, I kind of prefer those to the emotional ones because normally the emotional ones is a negative emotion in my yeah, experience. Right. So, um, yeah, I think the key is just being ready for them. Yeah. And you did such a good job yesterday of ending it with this kind of warning almost. Yeah. They're like, hey, it's really easy to now make this the standard of your holiness, but don't do that. Yep. Because it's not like God is looking to give you a new one every day. Yeah. Um, yep. And just because you have one doesn't mean you're further along than somebody else. And just because you can't really identify one doesn't mean that God's not working. Yes, in you. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the Corinthian believers. Like everybody wanted the gift of prophecy or tongues because they were showing and nobody wanted the gifts of serving. 
But God's like, I'm in all of that. And all you want are the big showy, spectacular ones. And that our culture, I mean, we just talked about acidic culture briefly. One of the acidic things in our culture is this longing, deep longing for spectacular, big, flashy things and new, the novel and the new all the time. And so it could be easy to leave something and be like, oh yes, that is the key to spirituality. So we start seeking them. And that's, yeah, most of my life with God has just lived in the very mundane ordinariness of my life and just faithfully walking with him in, in that. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's important. The other thing that kind of messed me up yesterday was that graphic. You kind of zoomed out on Kairos there at the end and you showed like, okay, let's say you enter the circle. And if you were there, you know um, that after you complete the circle, your trajectory is kind of up and onto like a new timeline almost. Yeah. Right? And then you started talking about like <laughs> multiple universes and stuff. And I got a little lost. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. He did not talk about that. But it was kind of like that. Like you kind of jump up and it's like, okay, I'm on this new trajectory with God. And when you zoomed out, it was like, you kind of saw all these little moments and how they lead you into the next one, basically. Yeah. I'm, I'm explaining it poorly, yeah. but that's the idea. And then on the other side of that was contrasted to, let's say I'm going in my normal life and I have the opportunity to enter these circles of transformation, but I never do it. And so I just stay on this same plane. Yep. And so on one side, the guy who is us um, is moving upwards because he's growing in these chaos yes. moments. And yep. on the other one, they were just staying at the same plane. It just it was really eye-opening. Like, just like Moses, I have a choice. I don't have to say uh -huh. yes to these things. And God is a good God and he will give me what I want. Yep. And if I want to stay the same and I want yep. to stay lukewarm yep. and I want to not change, he loves me enough to say, okay, you can do that. That's okay. But if I engage in this and I keep eyes out for it and I stay attuned to his Holy Spirit, then he's going to bless me with these things. And it's going to be something that, that changes me and makes me more like him. Yeah. So that was kind of scary almost. Yeah, I know. It's good though. And, and uh, scary and hopeful. But even to me, I'm like, can you imagine if you look back in your life and you're like, man, I recognized and entered into most of them and look at the difference it made in my life. Whereas if you look back in your life and like, I didn't notice them or I just didn't care. And I just live this flatline Christian life of stagnation and not entering into things God had for me, never experiencing him deeply. Yeah. And not because so many, I said so many times, my Kairos moments maybe even more for somebody else. So my impact was low because I wasn't stepping into things where God was maybe going to use that for somebody else's life. And now the other thing you said, yeah, I mean, it's not always just for you. Sometimes it's for somebody else. Yeah. And I'm sure you found that. I mean, I, you'll have a scripture that really nails you. And like, boy, that's really, it helped me in this moment. And a month later, you're talking to somebody and you're like, and the spirit brings that up and you share it with them and you see a greater impact on them than on you. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like that was for me at that time, but it really was for this person. And God let me be part of the process of delivering that, which helps us, right? It feels when God uses you, that's really cool. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's not just always giving everybody their own individual ones, but sometimes he, he in our community, he wants us to use us to even help others have them. So yeah, he's so cool, isn't he? That's really cool. I, uh, if I were God, I'd be like, I want to do, I'm going to do them all. I'm going to do them all. I'm not. Yeah. He doesn't have that control. I don't like. We yeah. Do. There was one thing you ended on that really kind of messed me up, but in a good way. And that's in Luke four, when Jesus is being tempted by Satan and Satan leaves him and it says that, that Satan left him until the next Kairos. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa, that's... So God sees me and he is waiting to enter into these Kairos with me for my goodness and my flourishing and my transformation. But Satan also sees me 
Uh-huh. And he knows my habits. Yes. And he knows my weaknesses. And yep. he is also, what does it say? Is it in Genesis that sin is waiting at the door? It's crouching uh-huh. at the door. Yeah. Yes. And then where does it say that Satan is like a roaring lion yeah. looking for someone to devour? I don't remember where that yeah. one's at. But I mean, this idea that it is, you are actively being hunted. Yes. And there are these kairos where it's yes. like, all right, these things yep. are going to be put in your life. Because sometimes things do get put in your life and you're almost like, okay, if I didn't know any better, I'd say somebody really knows my habits <laughs> uh-huh. and is trying to tempt me because I really want to let loose on this person or I really want to harbor this negativity. And this is the perfect chance to do it, you know? And so just knowing, not, not to create this big boogeyman picture of the enemy, but just to say like, they have a plan to yeah. they see you. They study you. They study yeah. you. And so all the more reason to take this seriously yes. and not just live a passive yeah. spiritual life. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm hearing every August we do, a, we've done a, right before school started, kind of a sermon together. I'm, I'm feeling one come together right now. This whole, that Genesis, right? The crouching and that, and like, I don't know. I think this, yeah, you don't want to freak people out, but the truth is he knows me. And Paul says we should know his devices and his schemes. And yeah, he knows me better than I do. And I know, actually, I, that idea was new when we did, when I did, purpose-driven life, he had a chapter where he talked about temptation. And he said, Satan knows you really well. And he times things. And he asked like five questions to ask yourself. And I'd never done that. And I realized, right, Fridays are days I can really get nailed because it's the end of the week and I'm tired. And it, it helped me to think through like, what, mm. what are the times and the circumstances that I'm more open? So I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm feeling a, That'd be cool. a Kairos right now of a a thing we could do in August. Oh, Karen's about to enter the circle. Watch out. <laughs> I'm in the circle and I'm taking you with me, dude. Oh, great. You you have no choice because I signed your paycheck. So Excellent. You're, you're getting drugged into that whether you want to or not. Perfect. Hey, this was useful. I like when we come back to stuff and talk about it more because it makes me think about it in a deeper way. I hope others found it useful too. That little sheet you gave us with a space for notes and diagram that's something that people can hang up, put on their mirror and say, okay, this is something I'll think about daily and just try and be attuned and ready for when God has a yep. Kairos for me. And so. that's Jordan. I mean, you've, you've, you've heard us talk some about this, but I, I have zero interest and in we're just giving out information on Sunday mornings and just knowing the Bible better. If it's not leading to real transformation, if it's not leading to me being equipped to better walk with God, then I mean, what's the point? And that to me is what this is, is this equipped me a lot. I had, I had this idea, this gave me even more lang- better language and the diagram was helpful. And so, and I've seen this already used since I did that in May, I've had multiple people talk about Kairos moments. So I think it did. And that's, so yeah, we want people to live into this. This isn't just something to just be like, oh, another th- end point of information. But if we can all live more in our Kairos moments and it gave us a name for it and language, then that's great. That's the intent. So we want to we want to be a training center, not just a teaching center, right? Right. Yep. That's the goal. Okay. Um, so now, as the summer, we're not even into summer yet. Do you know that? It feels like uh, I know. which is insane. But as we kind of move into summer, you've got a new series. Do you want to? Yeah, starting the Psalms. We're coming back, hitting those. Like I said, if we did them, it, it'd take us. A hundred summers to get through all of them, or ten summers—I don't know. But we're not going to do it every summer. But but there's yeah, some other good want, ones. I don't so. want to be weird, but I don't think you have a hundred summers left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> and that'd basically be a psalm of summer. You know, that's great. Oh, this psalm has seven <laughs> verses. Let's see if we can stretch that out over 12 weeks. Um, no, going to come back to the psalms. And and then right before, man, I've got a series for the fall I'm so excited about. But probably to tie it between the psalms and that one, I'm just sensing maybe we just came up with a good middle of August thing to, that we could do together. We'll see. We'll talk about cool. it. But All right. Excited to jump into the Psalms. Well, hey, I think the challenge on this is be attuned to the Holy Spirit, right? Um, be attentive to where God is moving and, and the things he's showing you. And then when you are shown a Kairos moment, yep. just be responsive to it and work through it with others. You know, yes, in ho- community. Hopefully you're in a community, a small mm-hmm. community, not just a Sunday morning community, but a triad or a quad. You've got a buddy. You can run something by them and say, hey, I think God is telling me mm-hmm. this, but what do you think? And they'll come back to you. Um, they can pray on it. They can look for it in the Bible and just say, yeah, I really feel like God might be showing you this yes. too. So yes. don't let it be something that you just keep for yourself and squirrel away. But yep, good job. Let it be something you talk about in community yep. too. Right. That in, right. Don't just be an individual with it, but walk through it with people and help let them work with you, maybe how to apply it. That's what happened to the one, I mentioned a dude and we sat last Sunday on the stage, everybody was gone. But as we talked, he figured out how to step into it. And it was because of the conversation. So yeah, we need to do these in community. Cool. All right, Garen, thanks for doing this. Everybody else, thanks for engaging. We hope this week. Um, I'm not gonna say we hope you find your Kairos because it's not about that. Right. But we hope that you're staying attuned to the Holy Spirit Amen. in a quiet time. Yep. We hope that you are attentive and ready. And when it happens, that you jump in with both feet. And don't don't balk and don't bail. Don't balk because God will give it to Aaron for a while and then you'll finally get it back. So yeah. yeah, somebody else will be blessed instead of you. So all right, we'll see you guys next week.